It's the second cup of Joe and John with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. It's one of those shows, John. The vibes in the room. It's uh, there's so many avenues to go down that I hope we can capture them all. And I want to talk about one of the vibes. I feel so trendy with my talk. In high school, 1981, mm-hmm. I graduated. You graduated in 72. Three? So why do you? Why are you I so negative? No, right out of the gate. No. no, 81. We're, we're, we're just what, we're five together. weeks apart. I graduate from Hendersonville High School. Yourself, Marion High School in Mishawaka, Indiana. Okay, that's northern Indiana. Yeah, right outside of South Bend. Okay, me Hendersonville High School, Hendersonville, Tennessee, about 20 miles or so outside. And uh, actually, in the room is a fellow classmate, Ginger Schramm, who's now Ginger McClendon, who's responsible for our guest being here. You have She's, not burned that bridge. No, terrific. <laughs> if Thank you, God. If, if Ginger doesn't like you, you are absolute jackass. So that's that's pretty much uh, Ginger's the gal in school who was uh, she was one of our cheerleaders, always with a smile on her face. They say if you're talking through the phone, talk with a smile. That's Ginger all the time. Fast forward, I've met her in my Joe Elvis days at uh, 105.9 The Rock and such. She has put together some of the greatest events that have gone on. Fundraisers to just great things in town. She I, made you look good. I emceed a, or was a judge or something in the Hendersonville Boat Parade. I mean, just great things that <laughs> went on. It's stuff like that. I, so, I was not asked to do that working at Channel 2. I didn't get the, I didn't get that gig. But what happened for both of us is we just had our 40-year reunion yes, a we year did. ago. Yes, we did. So that was fun. I mean, was it? Just maybe a was snippet it fun? from that. You chaired yours. You, you were the speaker. You were I, the MC. I was, the, I was hired help. I was an easy hire. It was yeah. an easy hire. It was really strange. Did you go and, of course, you have the name tags. Look, Facebook and social media has ruined every reunion there is because there's never that suspense yes. of, I wonder what she looks like uh-huh. now, you know? Now, well, we know, uh-huh. right? We, we Google. There were some some people uh, did not age well, did not age well. And, and you know, I, and I, I, you know, I had the, you know, feathered John Davidson hair look and that that's long did gone. You have a so mustache already in high school? I did not. I, that was my freshman year. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. There was always a guy with a full beard in yeah. like ninth grade. Yeah, like, he was oh, 23. Man. He was on his seventh <laughs> year in high school, but it was uh, humbling, don't you think? And it was also, it was great to see people, and I was surprised with how many people turned out. I, mean, I had a class of about 142, and I'm going to say about 40 were there. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, look, we're not all on this earth anymore, I mean, no. to be honest with you. You know, that table of in memorandum was, was, was uh, I'm like, I, had, I did not know, you know. So, yeah, it was, it was a good time. But, yeah, 40 years. It's nice that you still have relationships from high school days, and um, I still do. I got some buddies that I saw uh, recently up in South Bend that uh, we, we connected after, you know, 20, 25 years. Life happens. You know, you have families, you get jobs, you move around the country, and, and not everybody is in Hendersonville or, you know, South Bend anymore, right? So people move on. But I loved it, and I think part of all our high schools are that. Were you popular? Era. Were you a popular guy? Um, you were in the band. Know. No, I just, she's, I was. Uh, she's nodding. So my birthday's an August birthday, yeah, so, so you I was always young. about five inches shorter than everybody. I yeah. should have probably been head, held out another year, so yeah. I was a year early, whatever grade I was. Mm-hmm. Straight hair, parted down the middle, mm. good old 70s type stuff but i think the common thread in all our high schools was the music wasn't it you still hear songs now and you're like so important that's when it was soundtrack of my life so for our era my car was transitioning from eight track to cassette at the time it went from click click to 
I might have had. Right. I, I remember Between Journey's songs. Evolution eight track, "Love and Touch and Squeeze," in which ends up being one of their biggest songs. Fades out, ka-chunk, comes back. <laughs> Do you know at Foreigner, their first album, "Cold of Ice," "Cold as Ice." Yeah. They cut that sucker in half between <laughs> one and two. And I can nightmare. never listen to that song without yeah. hearing it fade down, yeah. click, and fade back up. It's ruined it for everything. For everything. Was a, everything was about your speakers and your house and your stereo system, the Jensen triaxles maybe you had in your car. But that the music was a great transition. And I think we're, we're very grateful to have what was the backbeat? What was our soundtrack that we were listening to? In, in the, the room. room. Yeah, this I is mean, going right to be now, good stuff. This is it. People. Let's take a spin through Joe and John's Rolodex. Jimmy Hall. Jimmy Hall is a household name in this Nashville. This is very cool. And is uh, around the globe in music, one of the most truthful, soulful voices. And I think we mentioned a Steve Perry voice, a Lou Graham. You could add in Robert Plant. You could add some of the arena rocks. Jimmy Hall is in that room of what <laughs> thunder the man can create uh, with his voice. And uh, Jimmy so grateful to have you on here with the the second cup of Joe and John. And let's start, John, let's. You, do you like our See, little? See, that even there? sounds I like better. It. I just think you need to turn me up. <laughs> Why does I've been in just... rock and roll so long? You got to turn me up louder so I can hear myself. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, Jimmy, you've you've about played every club, arena, and show around the. Uh, probably, we'll maybe talk about your world experiences, but a lot of that began in in your. Uh, Macon, Georgia days. You're part of the southern backbone of early Almond Brothers, Wet Willie, the yeah, era. Yeah. And um, fired up uh, weekend. <laughs> Every Friday, 5 p.m. Every it's radio. Friday. Yeah, some people play the Every... Lover Boy, and then, no, we play this one. Friday at 5, yeah. Wet Willie's Weekend launched on 103 KDF and 105.9 The Rock with me when I was doing that show. Talk about your early days of what it was like in Georgia. You were on the ground floor of the Allman Brothers getting together. Phil Walden right. and Capricorn right. Records was a, a huge movement in that era. Yeah. Well, Where do you start? You how long yeah. you <laughs> I'll keep it short. Uh, born and raised in Alabama. Grew up in Mobile, Alabama, down on the coast. And uh, my brother and I, my brother's two years older, put this band together, handpicked musicians in the area just over the years. So the five of us with the core of Wet Willie had been touring some and playing and writing some of our own material and made a goal. Our dream was, well, we got the Allman Brothers' first album. That, that was a life changer. That album just... That's what we want to do. That's the sound. Where are they doing this? Macon, Georgia. Macon, Georgia, Capricorn Studios. So, Fate comes in, and my guitar player, Ricky Hirsch, had a friend who was in college with, who was a fraternity brother, that was part of the uh, Capricorn rhythm section. He was a guitar player, just did sessions there. And Frank, Frank, 
Friedman was his name. Anyway, we called him, said, hey, can you introduce us to some people at Capricorn? Can you maybe set up a, an audition or what, what do you do? They say, he said, well, they like to do things live. They want a live show. You want to come set up, set your equipment up and do a, do a whole set for us. So that's what we did. I mean, we packed up our van and just drove to Macon, and pretty soon we're in a rehearsal studio with Phil Walden and Frank Finner standing there going, okay, what do you got? <laughs> Let's hear it. So did you have original? Did you play covers? What do you do when you have this, well, this moment? Well, we luckily had some original songs that we've been working on and, and some arrangements of other songs, but we had a good 45, 50 minutes of, of a good set of our stuff, and it really was varied the styles that we had but anyway after that was over they were just ecstatic about it and just saying oh this is uh american rolling stones like frank finner's from uh you know he's africans he was south african european but he had this accent yes it's uh stones from alabama you know and uh so we got signed and pretty much right away we started working on a, a, our first album this is 1970 and we were recording the first one and on the road with the Allman Brothers when Dwayne was still alive and, and Barry Oakley and the original band. And, and I cherish those memories of, of being around them now that, well, now that so many of them are gone. It's just, uh, I'm still standing. I, I thank the Lord every day. <laughs> I'm still here. What an environment of rock and roll road trip that had to be too, with with all these bands in those days. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I mean, I feel I feel like, and I felt like, I was on a, a a fast train, and we just jumped on and hang on, because it's gonna be fun. But you just gotta hang tight and be careful. We're gonna play. Keep on smiling. Keep on smiling. Keep on. <laughs> Talk about one of one of your greatest songs that have lasted the decades. How'd Keep On Smiling come together? All right. Keep On Smiling. The song has lasted so long, and it really started with, this was our fourth Wet Willie album, produced by Tom Dowd, legendary producer, even goes back to Ray Charles and early R&B, Aretha Franklin, all these people. Um, so he, he is the... I learned so much from him. He was so great in the studio working with a vocalist and arranging songs, and he took the time to really care about the music. But um, I wrote this song with Ricky Hirsch, but I, I had all the lyrics written. I started with that idea, and I, it was initially like a pep talk to myself. It was like, look it in the mirror, Jimmy Hall, in the mirror. Come on, what's going on? Cheer up, smile, keep on smiling. It's going to be all right. Everything will work out. Just stay calm and smile, <laughs> you know? And 
when, so you got let me point. ask you this. When you cut it, did you know you had something? Um, Tom Dowd knew we had something right away. And you hear a lot of these stories. The producer was like, oh, this is the one. This mm-hmm. is the one. He heard it. I, I felt good about it. I could always say, oh, man, that's going to be a hit single. But I, I can't predict that. But I knew it was a positive message that everybody would love to hear and needed to hear. 1974, right? 1974, yep. it, it, it came out and pretty soon was uh, top of the charts in a lot of local, in the South and then all over the country. Uh, there were a lot of times number one, but number 10 on billboard charts. Terrific. Which is our highest chart. So we had several other songs that were top 30, top 40, but that was the big one. And um, got used in the movie Country Strong mm-hmm. with Gwyneth Paltrow and Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw, yeah. Tim McGraw. Shot here, I think. Yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, in the scene. She's uh, falling hard off the wagon mm-hmm. and is in a honky-tonk, supposedly, I think, here in Nashville. Pretty, pretty inebriated, standing on the bar dancing, and they're playing the song on a jukebox really loud. And she's singing, like, You're just hanging out in the local bar, and you're wondering who the hell you are. Are you a farmer? And so she's up there dancing to that part. That's the big moment. I mean, a kind of climax of that period in that, in that movie. But anyway, anyway. That's very cool. But back then, you'd think of, um, I think of Take It Easy with, with the Eagles. There, there was a time that the, the cast of the mood politically, uh, Vietnam still going on. There's, it was just people wanted to resonate with songs that gave them freaking hope and put a smile on their face, man. Right. And that's right. your vibe. That's, that's well, kind of your common thread, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And my parents instill that in us. I'm one of six siblings. And, and my parents were supportive of whatever we chose in our, you know, our career path. But uh, they loved music. My mom was a singer uh, sing in church and did a female barbershop quartet. They called the Sweet Adelines. But she sang and she said, oh, Jimmy's got a voice. He, he's uh, got a strong voice and a good ear. And she encouraged it. And so did my dad. He was more of a, he was less a musician, but uh a music appreciator. He brought so much music into the house and bought these albums, Ray Charles and and Al Hurt and uh, all these blues and jazz artists and things. Uh, rock and roll, Elvis, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Did you meet Elvis? I never did, and I never saw him live, and I really <gasps> regret it. And I, really? I, you know, all the way through, and now this new movie is uh, shining a big light on him and his legacy well he's it's it's, it's his leg, legend is triplified since he's died but yeah. you know a lot oh, of yeah. folks he played down here at mtsu i don't even know if it's sold out or whatever exactly. but in that day did he would did you was his voice your to me your your voices are very similar of they're so powerful and soulful yeah um, did did yeah. he influence you or did you take much notice or is he just another singer well go back to the very first time i saw him my dad's uh, gathered all the kids uh, around the tv and he's going Sit down, kids. Sit. This is you got to watch this. You got to sit down. And listen, to this guy, and there he is, and he uh, he has such a charisma, and he's standing there in gold lame, and and they won't film him from the waist down. I'm going, hey. what are we missing here? Come on, and 
to see my dad get so excited, I go, well, what, what is it? And, and I felt the electricity this guy's putting out in, in a lot of the, say it, sexuality. I mean, yeah. he, he, he could move like nobody else, and, and he wasn't afraid to do it. And he, he was influenced by so much from r real country music. He was on the road with these country artists and, and, and doing these small shows and then hanging out with, uh, in Memphis with B.B. King and, and, and a lot of the soul singers. And he merged those two. Like His music is that crossroads of black and white or whatever, of, of soul and country and all that. Just like Ray Charles did the album. Um, modern sounds in country and western music and he's singing all these uh, country songs and making it sound so natural joe and john have come to the fork in the road and jimmy we uh, we like to talk about uh things that happened in your life one one pivotal moment maybe something that happened to you or didn't happen to you uh, it sounds like you had music uh you know you grew up in a musical household uh, you know, fairly stable, big family, right? Right. Um, but, but uh, you know, and then you have this this one-off audition that, yeah, you guys are the guys. I mean, you know, right. you didn't have this, you didn't toil for 7 to 10, 15 years. But is there is there a fork in the road? It could be the last year for, for, for all you know. But, but where in your moment did you go, okay, if I would have gone down this road, I would have turned out or my career would have been different? Well... I spoke about it a little bit, but uh, at the point that my brother and I made the, the decision to jump in a van and go to Macon, Georgia, we had to decide if we we're going to continue in college that he only had a semester or so left to graduate. I was still two years away from This is at University of South Alabama, right, in, in Mobile, mm -hmm. and it just brand new school only about a year old but uh at that point we were trying to make some decisions and it was i know our parents weren't so excited about well you're gonna quit school and just gonna go for it but there was something that was leading us driving us to go it's now or never we're gonna go do this i feel like if we didn't do that right then and get signed at that time all these things lined up after that in a, in a beautiful way. That's fantastic. That's uh, every success story. You, you loved it. You wanted to do it. You gave it a shot. Right. And here you are years later with the new album sitting in front of us. Yeah. Uh, I'm, Jimmy I'm Hall's. Just, I'm so excited just I, <laughs> to have, the, I mean, these just, we just got these. A lot of people are texting me or calling me. Oh, I, I pre-ordered. I just got my vinyl today. Jimmy Hall vinyl. I haven't seen this since. I don't know. Isn't that I don't terrific? Know. I got Wet Willie out. Now I got Jimmy Hall. And Jimmy Hall. Ready Now is the new album. Uh, talk about the involvement of your son who yeah. plays with you, you yeah. when you guys are all over. Your son's just an amazing uh, musician. Yeah. Talk about the new album and uh, the new song, Jumping for Joy. Well, like we were saying, uh, 
this is the first Jimmy Hall solo album I've had since. Well, I did Rendezvous with the Blues, and, and that was late 90s. And I've done some projects since then, and, and like albums with Jeff Beck and, and all these other projects, Brothers of the Southland and uh, a tribute to Eddie Hinton uh, called Build Your Own Fire. But this, I was it long awaited. Much anticipated. <laughs> 15 going, years, right? It's, it's been a while. time. So, um, the short version. Leading up to COVID and, and during COVID, uh, well, it was a world changer, all that was going on. Uh, what do we do? I mean, I had uh, tours already planned, uh, big shows already planned, and... All of a sudden, everything shut down, and uh, I started writing some songs, and, and uh, I work with a songwriter that I've written several of the songs on this album and, and some others before. His name is Jeff Silbart. He lives in L.A. in uh, Studio City there, a beautiful place up on a big top ridge of a hill. And Anyway, I would go out there to L.A. and write with him. And also got some session work at that time because I, hey, all my touring was canceled. I'm going, there's thousands of dollars just gone. What are we gonna do? I can't sit around. So I was I was in LA writing with him, and and that's where some of these songs started. The title song "Ready Now" was one of the first that that we wrote, and uh, then uh, the other single "Jumping for Joy" was the second. So that started the ball rolling with. A handful of my songs. I'd already written one of the songs here that I wrote for Karen called uh, Holding On For Dear Love, but never recorded it before on an album. Is that a love song? Hell yeah. His lovely, beautiful wife, Karen, in the studio. So I guess that's the only answer to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Jeff Silbar, by the way, uh, co-wrote uh, Wind Beneath My Wings. And, and that's what she is and uh, was the inspiration of, of several of my songs. But I was so happy to put this on on the record. And uh, um, so the uh, writing the songs and then Joe Bonamassa and Josh Smith, they're co-producers. Joe, but I think a lot of people know Joe Bonamassa, know about he's him. He's so good. He's incredible. It took a while for me to cross his path in a way, but he works in Nashville a lot. has a has a place here. Of course, he he's all over the country. He's got he he calls his his apartments, his his houses, whatever. You, mm -hmm. uh, Nerdville. He calls himself. I'm I'm a, I'm just a nerd that plays guitar. So he's got one in New York. He's got a Nerville South or whatever here in Nashville downtown. He's got one in L.A. But he asked me to, he was do, producing an album on Reese Winans, who's his keyboard player. And I've known Reese for years. He was in Double Trouble with Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm. So he's producing this album on, on Reese, a solo album. And he asked me to sing on it. He got a lot of special guests on it. And 
And that's when I <clears throat> realized that Joe's not only a, a wonderful guitar player and songwriter, but he's a good producer. And he had a very natural feel. The way he could uh, encourage you as a singer or, oh, that, let's wait and do that part tomorrow. You're, you're kind of tired now. But I could see he had a, had a, a real knack for it. And uh, months later, he was working on a, uh, some other albums for his label and asked me to come and sing or play some on it. And at one of those, we were walking out of the studio and he said, you know what? I'd really love to do an album on you. I'd like to produce you if you want to do that. So I had that thought in my mind, that germ of it, you know, the seed of it. Then he asked me in September of 2020. September 2020, wasn't it? That is that. That was a dark, <laughs> dark time. Yeah, everything shut down. Yeah, right everything then. was shut down, and but you got the encouragement. So he was uh, doing a live stream concert at the Ryman. Mm. And premiering his, he has an album, had an album called, it was brand new called Royalty, T-E-A. So it was play on words, but Royalty. And there were songs he recorded in England, some, and, and played over there. Anyway, so we do this concert at the Ryman. Everything shut down. And no audience except Joe had this idea, he said, we're going to have an audience. I'm going to put cardboard cop uh, cutouts, <laughs> cardboard figures in every seat. They and, can't boo. And so, no, they can't boo. And he would put, uh, like, his parents, uh, some of his friends oh, were, yeah. were, were represented. And so, <laughs> you know, you're playing the songs and then total silence. And we just laugh about, oh, come on, you're a hard crowd here. Come on. Tough. You're, a bunch of, you're a bunch of stiffs. <laughs> you're a bunch of... <laughs> Stiff cardboard. Say something. Say something, Elvis, or whoever you had in there. My goodness. But uh, yeah, Joe asked me to play harmonica on the, on that show, and there was a couple places I came and played harp, and everything was going so well, and the vibe was upbeat. It was a boy, great show, and and uh, and so he, he pulled me aside after the show, and we're still kind of basking in that glow. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that great? He says, "Man, you know what?" Let's do that. Let's make a deal. Let's shake on it right now. I want to do this album on you. Right. I want to make a deal. Let's do it. So I shook his hand. That was September 20th, 2020. We're going to do it. Boom. So we made that decision that day. And it took a while. We started mapping it out, talking about what have you got? stash back what are, mm -hmm. what are some songs you got start sending me some of the things you have already and i'll be formulating some ideas so through the months through the rest of the year into uh, january of 21 we we initially wanted to record in la and he had a studio out there he really liked them I, I thought that was a good idea but still we were shut down so much to travel and bring everybody out there so we decided uh, Joe loves Ocean Way right here on 17th Avenue. I've recorded there before. He said, let's, do, let's book some time there. So it was last week of January or so. 
in 21, we go in, still wearing masks. I got pictures of us in the studio. <laughs> well, I can't sing with a mask, so you're going to have to deal with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to either get it or... Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. This, it, is, a, this is not negotiable. It was, th- it was that time. And uh, Joe's band was involved. It's all the great guys, uh, Reese Winans and Michael Rhodes and uh, Greg Morrow on drums. And Jade McRae is a wonderful singer that works. Uh, she's just amazing sang all over these tracks and um joe encouraged me to co-write with some people i hadn't written much with before or ever and uh i kind of look at it like speed dating because you got to get to know somebody and trust them okay you're gonna you know say what you feel because we can move faster i'm not don't just hedge on it if it's if you don't like it say it and we'll figure it out so i wrote with uh heidi newfield and uh, she's a great songwriter and mm-hmm. plays some harp too. But we wrote uh, one of the songs on here called uh, Love For It, I think is going to be a, a single. Really good. Another positive, there's mm-hmm. a lot of positive energy on this album. And, and Jumping For Joy is, is obviously one, you know, and that, that title. Jeff Silbar just came up with the title. He says, Look at these titles. Let's, th- let's just think of one. He said, how about Jumping for Joy? And instantly I'm going, yeah, I think no matter what, we got to write that. Just yeah. And, and uh, how'd, how'd the uh, duet with your son, Alex, go? Okay. Alex, we've been doing the song. That Actually, it was that song. Love for it. Live. And... Uh, we did it at the at the Ground Zero. There's a club in Biloxi, Mississippi that I've played. I'm going to play it again in October called Ground Zero. And Morgan Freeman started the original one down in, what is it? Uh, uh, Clark, Clarksdale? Clarksdale. Clarksdale. You didn't Home think I knew Blues. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we're doing this one in, in Biloxi, and we asked Alex to come up and sing the song with me as a duet. And we've done that before on some other, some of the cruises I do and things like that. And it's so much fun having having my family sing with me and work with me. Uh, my son Ryan write, is a great songwriter and keyboard player and lyricist, all that. Um, he works with me a lot and, and played in town a lot with me. He co actually, I say not co-wrote. His song Dream Release is on my album. He wrote that all totally by himself that's great and he said i have a dream i have a goal this is one we're recording he said i want to write a song good enough that you really want to use it and and joe likes it and we want to use it on this album so he worked hard to write this song called dream release about the lives of greg allman and Dwayne allman their relationship as brothers growing up putting a band together, working side by side in a band with their name, the Allman Brothers, then losing Dwayne early in that history. Greg is going on with his career, has more success, and then getting to the end of Greg's life even. The song was written really after he passed and thinking about the reunion in the hereafter Mm. and the hopefulness of I'm going to be 
with you, we're going to be together again. So the song is very uplifting. And Joe, so I played it for Joe, the demo that we did with Ryan. And instantly he liked it. And we started talking about recording it. And he said, I love this song. I hear French horns on this song. I mean, to be that specific, it's like, yeah. you got to be involved. <laughs> I hear French horns on the beginning and this part's in this part. And then we started talking about, we have some special guests on the album. Warren Haynes plays on my song, um, Ready Now. And we use some other guitar players here and there. So we talked about, someone else playing guitar on this song, maybe playing some slide. A friend of ours is, is Johnny Statchley. He's with Almond Betts Band. And uh, Ryan knows him and said, why don't we use Johnny? But Joe was so adamant. I love this song. I am going to play guitar on this song. I, I have executive privilege to do this. <laughs> so he started thinking, this song feels like the who. Like, I want to play because the chorus goes, rises up like that and he just had a great time putting all that together put uh, hiring the french horns and everything and it was just so rewarding and as a father looking at my son who who just as blossomed as a songwriter to get that kind of it's full circle you started this conversation with your dad said you got to check this out almost like a producer himself saying you got to be a part of this right you're the same dad who brought your sons in and what a great story that a, a song that your son wrote all by himself and yeah. now you're singing it yeah and now we've got these visions and thoughts of we got to do it with the symphony uh it, it, oh, just, that'd be it great. just begs for that yeah and, and to have the whole horns and the and even a chorus sing with it for all this going on so yeah. you, you you put out you you didn't go into 2021 22 going hey i, I need to do an album but you yeah. you do it and i know you're very proud of it and the yeah. collaborations and all that but i do want to mention this that you received a grammy award as a guest artist on the fisk jubilee singers celebrating fisk in the best roots gospel category. Yeah. Tell me about that experience. Well, Cause that's going on. I mean, this didn't yeah. happen 10 years ago, dude. No, I mean, you just picked that up. Yeah. Yeah. I've been nominated for a Grammy before with Jeff Beck on the album that I participated, uh, called flash. Right. 86. As, yeah. Rock vocalist on that and didn't get it, but still to be nominated. So when this happened, does that really, are you being honest? <laughs> it, about what? To, to, to be, you, people go, oh, I, was, I was honored to be nominated. You yeah. wanted the damn thing, didn't you? <laughs> Come on. 
I deserve it. I deserve it. <laughs> Give me that Damn it. These I, other people. I did Billy I've been, Vanilli. Well, I've been, been whatever it was. I've been cheated. I, I, I've, been, so, I've been jaded. I, I've been I demand screwed. a Grammy. I want a recount. Is, this is the good stuff. <laughs> but you know, when I got asked to be a part, so my friend Butch Spearden, who's with yeah. the uh, Convention Visitor Visitors Bureau, yep, yeah, Commissioner, long time director, big yeah. Titans uh, supporter, by yeah, the way. big city and, supporter. Yeah, I know. A lot the of people love him and hate him for what he's done to the city. <laughs> the music supporter. You've done this to us. <laughs> but he he uh, will give me a call every once in a while. It's something interesting. He says, "Oh, Jimmy Hall needs to be a part of this." So. Mm -hmm. He knew that uh, Fist Jubilee Singers were having this big concert to celebrate their 150th anniversary, and they were getting special guests to sing on uh, this live recording, uh, including Keb Moe and, and Cece Winans and, uh, and Leanne Womack and, and a lot of great artists. And so he, at first he says, I think, you know, my idea, you ought to sing a change is going to come because you do such a great version. And I, shoot i recorded it on one of my uh, on that rendezvous with the blues album and and sung it with jeff beck on a live album and so as well it's kind of been there done that but he loved it so i okay, i walked in with that idea so i i go into rehearsal with uh, the or the uh, singers and the music director shannon Sa sanders shannon sanders is Oh, he's a great songwriter. He's at BMI now in the creative department. He's uh, was in the Elvis movie. He played the preacher. Okay. Mm. Shannon's a preacher on that. Anyway, we're starting the rehearsal. I, I said, uh, well, Butch wanted me to, to sing Change is Going to Come. And he goes, uh, I, I have a different idea. I want you, again, this words, trust me. Mm. Um, so he said, I want you to sing I Saw the Light. Hank Sr. And I'm thinking, well, Nashville, Ryman Auditorium makes good sense there. How are we going to make this fit? How are we going to, how are we going to change it up? So he thought uh, his, his ideas, huh? the offbeat. So, you know, I saw, if you go on the one, I saw the light. So he's on the offbeat. I saw light. I saw praise the Lord. I saw the light. And so to, to give it a little snap and a little funk there. And so, uh, I got more excited about that right away. And then we did rehearsed it with the, <laughs> with the singers and, and they're all looking at each other and looking at me going, man, he can really belt it out. Sometimes they'll go, yeah, they're singers. And then they're singers. They're singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you could do that. But uh, oh, it was beautiful. And that night, uh, a lot of my family was there and just a lot of full house. And I was feeling the spirit. And if you hear it, you can 
definitely tell I was feeling good. We felt it right there. That was good. <laughs> you don't get that everywhere. That's good. Let's move on to... Rapid, 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 rapid
So Bill calls me and said, what are you doing like for the rest of this tour? Or we, we start here and we like, we got a break right now, but we're going to continue. Can you possibly jump on board with us and, uh, and, and play harp and I play sax too. So that, you know, plus singing. So I had to think about it. So I started looking at my schedule and it, kind of lined up and the money sounded pretty good and it was some steady work and I'm still going oh what am I getting myself into here uh but uh I took a deep breath and said okay let's give it a shot and he said uh, oh by the way we don't really have a rehearsal uh set up we'll uh sound check the day of the first show but we will send you um cds Here's the gig from Denver last night. <laughs> yeah, here's here's some live stuff we've done, and here's some CDs of, of like classic Hank stuff. So they send me a, a box of CDs, and uh, I'm listening nonstop for those weeks. And one particular time, I remember we're we're on a family vacation, which uh, spring break, big time for the family to get everybody together and go do something. So we took the boys and went to. Uh, we went to Tucson, Arizona, to a, a ranch called Tanque Verde. Something green. Something green. land green. green. Yeah. Something land green. And uh, <laughs> yeah, while, I can see while, you and I are both Karen bilingual. Verde. 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 Tanque Verde. That sounds Tanque. Italian. Anyway, while, <laughs> it the, a truck. while Karen and the boys are out riding horses on, on nature trails and, uh, and, uh, eating food at the chuck wagon or whatever i was in the the room with my headphones and my disc man my disc man <laughs> working on all the songs going i gotta learn wait a minute i gotta learn this part okay so i'm boning up and getting all the songs in my head and then that first show comes up and yeah it was like getting on a bull if you last eight seconds you can make it so yeah luckily i i you can't ride that bull if you with the disc man if you don't have it in the non-skip. Remember that yeah. that remember that little toggle switch was like in case you're gonna gonna ride a bull uh -huh. and you didn't have to have it skip. You guys are glossing over like you don't uh, well, you don't no, remember I, that at all. No. Does anybody yes. in this room remember? I okay, I, this I went still very have my well. disc man at home. <laughs> Could you, you run with the disc man attached to you? That or? was the problem. That's is you had I mean. to have it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah anti-shock. That's okay. what I'm thinking of. Well, you were from the fancy part of town, so I didn't have my disc man. <laughs> okay. And my boom box. Still's on my cassette. Okay. All right. All right. So um, I made, I yeah. made it so through you that survived first show. it. I, I survived it. And there was... Uh, did you dig it? Did you like... Did, did you get used to it after a while? Or did you, every night you go, God, what's going to happen tonight? Uh, it was exciting in a scary way, like riding a bull. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh And... I learned how to chug uh, Jim Beam, but then I didn't really like that. I, I don't know. It's just not me. Yeah. But this is my 30th year with Hank. And through thick and thin, we, wow. we've hung together. He, he's uh, been a great guy to work with and loves the fact that I have a lot of connections with musicians that I that I know and hire and keep a, uh, either mentally on a, a virtual Rolodex a lot of names and f friends that could play. So I've heard the best I could get for him. And that's always a good thing. <laughs> Let's go to, uh, I got another question. Okay. I'm sorry. 
I thought you might. No, no, go ahead. Do you like peanut butter and jelly or? <laughs> no. What's quick answer? Favorite band right now? Oh my God! Too quick. You got uh, somebody out there you heard on he the radio? He knows everybody. Or you're there's scanning. no right answer. You, you, I know there's not. And it doesn't have to be some you know, oh, oh, yeah. reclusive club band from Swanee. It's just something you heard lately. War and Treaty. War and Treaty. I, I just, the great singers. Great. Husband and wife. Got, Does it have a gospel feel to it, perhaps? It's got a gospel feel, and uh, it, it, yet it fits within the big umbrella of Americana. And they're very active. They'll probably yeah. be at Americana Fest here this week. Isn't that the week. greatest new genre to me? Americana <laughs> can't, can't catches everybody. We welcome everybody. If you're not, you know, country, if you're rock, if you're gospel, well, where are they? Well, they're Americana. Just like um, 89.5, that MOT. Okay. They play Delbert, and they play Kev Moe, and then they play uh, Buddy Guy, and then they play Keith, uh, Chris Stapleton. They play everybody. MOT is a great station out of Murfreesboro. You gotta wear shades. We like to end on giving people some, you know, uh, five cent advice. Anything? Look, it's been it's been very very difficult the last few years for the music industry. You've had to be creative. You've had to uh, deal yeah. with technology. And you oh, know, yeah. we, I, I, I remember the early Zoom days of COVID where bands are playing together and they're for, you know, and it's just like, you didn't think this was even possible. Yeah. But, but, uh, but you've gotten through that. You got a new album out. What would yeah. be, you know, just for the younger generation saying, you know, hey, it's going to be okay. Yeah, well, I try to. Or is it? <laughs> I try to express that on this on this album. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, the song "Ready Now" it it just uh, really came as as almost the the better lyrics for me come fast, mm. and it, and they're also about something in my life or something I really feel, like my song I wrote for "Holding On for Dear Love" or or she, she's going home with you. I think you're, you're, you're good. She's better. <laughs> I, I, I don't want anybody else, but, um, yeah. And even bringing up the, the new music industry, the new record business, it's, uh, it is new it, and it's, uh, daunting in a lot of ways. You will say, Oh, where's tower records? Or we got Grimey's, we got, we got stores that sell it, but, uh, all the, the ways to, play music and stream music and and uh i'm very involved ask karen because this is team hall it's <laughs> karen Jimmy, sweet. uh ryan hall uh, they're they're all chiming in and going i can hey i got ideas for this video my son jonathan was with me yesterday walking around radnor lake because we needed a, a a waterside scene for this mm -hmm. song rising up so we walked two three miles around radnor lake to eat and we found some beautiful shots that he has the good technology mm -hmm. he's a great photographer so um so yeah you got to be fully involved in it and and promote it and it's all the posting on social media all has all that but it, it's we do have a billboard right next to the White Castle on Broadway. That's 1404 Broadway. Nobody's so, going to see that. Go it's on the, that's on the interstate. Uh, just go to White Castle. Nashville get in people. Line. Yeah. 
You're going to see it. It's better uh, when sundown or later. You can see it bright. But it is that beautiful cover. That's right fantastic. There with me playing harmonica in the desert like I was out in Tonka Verde out in Arizona, which we're going to on Friday. To <laughs> You're going back? Well, we got a vision. We got a okay. dream. And we want to go relive those uh, standing in the cactus and and playing harmonica at sundown and having a jackrabbit look up and appreciate it <laughs> i love that <laughs> it's better than a cardboard cut you know cut out yeah. i guess i guess that's that's yeah, exciting so it, good stuff the yeah. vision leads us i love it i love the album cover that just is great vibe that's uh, jimmy that's terrific uh, probably a whole nother show is the spiritual side to you you've alluded to it in about every question god truly has blessed you with your voice and yes, uh, you know may, may god bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you here for your continued success and how you speak and reach people with that powerful voice you give me chills just saying it mm. and i always acknowledge isn't it if it's you, not uh, all me you uh when you I, sing I it, do it it's like myself. it's like praying twice when you sing it and then there's something like that <laughs> that's good i don't know there's yeah. something like that in there yeah. but uh and people instantly connect to it when when i'm feeling that power and that spirit and singing um songs like i'm jump for joy i'm be with happiness or i'm rising up uh-huh Nobody's gonna bring me down, and all I'm ready now. I'm ready now to turn things over, bend down the road to nowhere, and I won't go back there anymore. I put my faith in something stronger. I am lost no longer. I found my way back home somehow. I wasn't ready before, but I'm ready now. Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. Zest for life, mm. enthusiasm, passion. Fantastic. It's been a real pleasure. And next time, we will find that second cup of Joe. Hey, who can you? And John. And John. <laughs> it's the second cup of Joe. And John as their guests expound on any and all topics within the realm of decency. Want to be a sponsor? Let a TV and radio guy help build your business. Email the show, John at gmail.com. Now, hold on tight and grab another second cup of Joe and John. <laughs>